0: This is Vernon Ross, and you're listening to the Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 11. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old fashioned networking. And now, your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey guys, this is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned network. So today on our show, we have got Patrice Washington. This is a real treat for me. I met Patrice um, back in September at the Financial Bloggers Conference. She's really fun, really good to talk to a wealth of knowledge. Patrice is just something else. She's really impressive. She's truly an inspiration with the amount of success that she's created in her life. She's a rising star in personal finance education. She's regularly featured in Black Enterprise, uh, Geico Now Magazine, The Huffington Post, Upscale Magazine, and on NBC. I mean, she she is, you know, on fire right now. And just here last week, Patrice was featured on the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Eight to 10 million listener show every day 8 to 10 million people listen to Steve Harvey's show. So this is a pretty big deal. You can find her out on realmoneyanswers.com uh, Without any further delay, I want to get right into the episode. Here you go, Patrice Washington. Enjoy. Uh, hey everybody this is Vernon Ross and this is a Social Strategy Podcast and today we're doing video and audio which you know is not what I normally do but hey, I'm I'm all open to it and we've got Patrice Washington with us. Patrice, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. So, good. you know, when we we met at the Financial Bloggers Conference, mm-hmm. and I'm just pulling up your website right here because I wanted to look at something real quick. Yeah, you've got patricewashington.com, and then you also have... Book the Money Maven. Book the Money Maven, mm-hmm. which I'm not on yet. And <laughs> there's another one. Is it like Seek Wisdom...
1: Well, um, com actually points to Patrice Washington right right. now. I'm in the process of totally redoing my blog, which I'm sure we'll talk about. (laughs) It launches
0: pretty soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the other one was the – what was – give the the, uh, address for that.
1: Uh, The second one is BookTheMoneyMaven.com, and that's just so people can get a clear picture of what I do in terms of being a professional speaker. So it has – all things Patrice Washington are right. there.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, I remember when you launched that, uh, you posted yes. it on Facebook. I like that site because it um it is a nice overview for people yeah. in, the, in the speaking. It's
1: a, it's a one-stop shop. It is. You know, my intro, my bio, any media, any professional images. When I get booked to speak, it is so awesome Vern, now to be able to just send someone to that site, talk about an increase. Right. <laughs> in- yeah,
0: I bet. I bet. Yeah, I was looking at this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to copy everything that she has.
1: Here. <laughs> Feel free.
0: Because this is uh, this is nice. Now, did you um, for everybody that doesn't know, we talked a lot about our sites and stuff like that, at the Financial Bloggers Conference. So in this podcast, we're going to be a little random. Did you, uh, did you decide to go with WordPress on this?
1: Um, No, not on that, because it's just a static site. I can't go in and change anything. Mm -hmm. But my new blog, which is coming out in about a week or so, Mm realmoneyanswers.com, is a WordPress site, finally. Um, okay, I moved cool. off that old complicated Joomla. I had to. <laughs> I had to let it go. Um, but I'm really excited about it because I have a few guest contributors um, now, and the site oh, is okay. just—it's going to be more about community. I really wanted to make it um, go beyond what I could offer. I've been writing on personal finance content for several years now, and I really wanted to get the expertise of some other really great up-and-coming bloggers as well. So using WordPress will help us be more efficient with that.
0: Right. Nice. You know, when I was talking to you about just um, your business in general, one of the things that I was impressed about is the fact that you, um, when you do, when you, the way you went about setting up your business, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people get stuck in you know, how do I go about even formulating all this? So why, why don't you do this for us? Take us back a little bit. Okay. What, was your, what was your very first thing? Not your first grade or second grade candy candy lady thing, although I, w- I do want you to tell that story. Matter of fact, start with that story, because that's a funny story.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, just how I got started in business in general. Yeah. I was literally about six or seven years old, and um, I don't know if they still have them, but where I'm from in L.A., we have and Finals, mm-hmm. and uh I remember one day clearly walking through the aisle, seeing all the candy and stopping my mom and saying, and I didn't even, I wasn't a big candy eater. So it was not about, oh, this is for me or what I want. None of that. I was like, mom, they made the ice cream truck at school park across the street and none of the kids can cross the street. It's like not allowed. Um, So if I could sell candy, I would make all the money that the ice cream truck used to make. And my mom was like, okay. So I bought like a box of Blow Pops and a box of Jolly Ranchers, the long ones. I don't know if this is back in the day now. And you heat them up in the microwave and wrap them around and put the <laughs> saran wrap on. And I made about 25 and I took them to school and I sold them like that day.
0: Wow. And my mom was
1: like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> you were on to something. And I think it was maybe the second week of second grade. Oh, and wow, ever since then I have been infatuated with, um, just finding whatever, whatever the need is and creating something to fill that space.
0: So right. no, that's, that is awesome. <laughs> so now take us, take us forward a little bit. When did you, uh, when did you first decide to start a blog? And mm-hmm. How did you, how did you get going with it from, you know, just writing and, and doing that to actually moving to speaking and teaching workshops and, Just take us on that little progression.
1: Well, you know what? I actually was um, speaking and teaching workshops before I started the blog. So in my previous life, I guess, or the first part of this life, um, I was a real estate and mortgage broker. So I owned a real estate and mortgage business for about six years. Mm -hmm. And through that experience, I started to teach classes on, um, you know, how to be mortgage ready and home ownership and getting your credit together and budgeting. And so I really became just fascinated with teaching people at that stage, not knowing that it was building up to something else. Um, and I did that for a couple years. I became a certified personal finance coach in 2005 um, and just started teaching and training anywhere where people would allow me to come, churches and schools. Um, and then when the market tanked for me.
0: <laughs> oh, we all remember that.
1: Yes. Between late 2007 and about mid 2008, I went from having uh, this booming business, um, this booming brokerage to having to lay off all of my staff, which was very hard for me to do. Hmm. Um, I spent several weeks on bed rest myself having my little Uh one. So I just got married. I was having a kid and the real estate market was tanking like all (laughs) at the same time. And so I was like, my, my goodness, God, what am I going to do? And so I started really thinking about these last several years. What have you been really good at? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could do real estate. I did my mortgage thing, but you know, I made a lot of money. You know, let's be very clear. I started when I was a sophomore in college, I made a lot of money and it was great. Um, But the reality was the thing that gave me the most joy was seeing people who thought they would never buy a home, who thought they could never get their credit together, who thought they could never have more than $2 in savings. (laughs) You know, helping them reach their goals Mm -hmm. was what really gave me joy. And so even though I didn't realize at the time that I could make money from it, I thought, well, I'll start a blog. You know, I kept seeing little things about blogs in 2008, between 2008, and 2009, I was kind of like, what is this blog thing? Right. <laughs> I kind of stumbled upon it and um, I was like, well, I'll write about what I know. I thought it was going to be about family. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it was a po- couple posts about my daughter and stuff and yeah. what I did this weekend. And then I was like, I'm not good at that kind of thing. Like, that's not my thing. So what do you really know? And I started the blog Seek Wisdom Find Wealth on a Blogspot, nice free Blogspot site there you in go. 2009, um, or like yeah, like the beginning of 2009. And by 2010, I had gotten picked up to write for a pretty um, big website with good traffic, which was HelloBeautiful.com, and they're mm-hmm. owned by Radio One and TV One, and right. and that whole thing. And so. Um, getting discovered by them and writing for them and ended, ended up placing me on a lot of because they own all the radio stations, national radio stations, those same posts end up getting spread out to all of their affiliates, which oh, was wow. like forty or fifty something stations.
0: Right.
1: Um, and then some of their jocks in different cities would talk about things that I wrote and I would get these random emails from people like, oh, I heard about you. I'm in Houston or I'm in Detroit. And I'm like, what?
0: Yeah, very nice.
1: What are you talking about? So that's how it all started.
0: So let's go back to something real quick, because you Uh started a brokerage firm when you were a sophomore in college. So you were like 21 years old.
1: Well, I got my first real estate license when I was a sophomore in college, and I got my brokers as a senior. And actually, <laughs> I was um, I, I studied entrepreneurial studies at mm-hmm. the University of Southern California, and we had a, a project to do, create a business. And mm-hmm. I, I was really working on my business, and that's what I used. So oh, wow. they gave me a grade to build this business uh, my first semester senior year. And by the time I started my second semester, I was a broker. I had got a broker's license.
0: <laughs> that's crazy. Now, did you do anything between your sophomore year and senior year? Real estate? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh yeah. I did a lot of real estate. And actually it's funny, um, my first clients were professors and faculty members at USC. <laughs> oh
0: my god. Because
1: I was so yeah, I was I was slinging real estate. Like <laughs> And I was giving advice to some of my professors. I mean, seriously. And I was working out of, there's an office there called the Center for Black Cultural Student Affairs. Mm -hmm. And um, this is way before you can get email on your phone and this stuff. So I was going up there in between classes, printing down contracts, signing things, faxing them. You know, I did everything from that office. They wow. really should have charged me rent.
0: Probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but by my senior year, I actually almost messed up my financial aid.
0: That's crazy. That's a good thing, but that's that was crazy
1: though. I had to pull up a little bit. <laughs>
0: right, right. Now, <laughs> yeah. What what prompted you to do that? I mean, at 21 years old, I, I thought about business, but I really wasn't for real doing it. I mean, I did a little little hustle here and there, but not anything as huge as being a real estate agent. What, what made you do that? You know,
1: um, I just had some really great, I think examples around and not anyone who was in my immediate family. Although my dad has been an entrepreneur my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't have any immediate examples. Um, My brother's wife at the time was a mortgage broker. And so just kind of watching the flexibility that she had as a mother and just watching the lifestyle they were able to live and, you know, just the freedom that they had. All the time while I was growing up, when people would say, what do you want to do when you grow up? I say, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. And they'd say, well, what do you want to do, though? I'm like, I don't know, but I know I'm going to do it for myself. And so growing and getting to college and seeing my brother and my sister-in-law kind of doing their thing um, was definitely it, it just sparked a light bulb. And I was like, wow, maybe I maybe I could do that. I didn't think that it would take me down this path at all, um, but it looked like something I could do. I had the personality for it, I thought. And,
0: right. you know, why not? <laughs> that's cool. now, what what type of roadblocks did you run into when you started doing that?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, first thing was that I was so young. Right. You know, even now, today I'm in my early 30s and people sometimes still think I'm maybe mid-20s or something. So wow. they're like, really, you've been doing this for 12 years or something, you know? Right. So imagine what I look like at 21, you know. Yeah. Some people would say, what are you, 17, oh 18 God, years old? Crazy. Um so one of my biggest hurdles was getting over the fact that I looked so young mm-hmm. and so sometimes that would be a deterrent for some but really not many because I, I my business was really word of mouth I had really great referrals um so that would be one challenge that I had and then another one is was just that people didn't understand you know people didn't get the vision they're like what are you doing go get a job go to grad school right. you know and I was like no people were like where are you applying to school I'm like I'm not they're like, well, you know, what what jobs have you applied for, interview for? I'm like, I haven't. I don't. I don't have any intention of doing that. And even people in my family were not as supportive as I would have hoped uh-huh. um, because they just didn't get it. But one of the things that I learned early on was that it wasn't for them to get. It was my vision, and I was right. determined to to work on it until things came through. So
0: no, that's awesome because I mean, even at I'm in my mid forties. Mm-hmm. I meet people every day that they have no idea on how to actually make their vision come to fruition
1: yeah. or
0: even the, the courage to chase it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And at, you know, in your twenties, just because you had examples of it in your environment, you had absolutely no plans, even though you were going to school of working for anybody. So you've never actually worked for anybody else.
1: I have. I've worked for someone. So during the time that I was in real estate, I also Mm -hmm. worked as a production assistant on the Steve Harvey Morning Show when it was just in California. And that is not a traditional work environment. So it probably (laughs) really doesn't count by any means. And then when I moved here to Atlanta and during this whole transition, mm. um, wouldn't you know it, the Steve Harvey Morning Show ended up based in Atlanta as well. Right. So I did go back and work um, with a, a co-host of the show, um, managing his office and getting yeah. everything in order for him for about a year. But, you know, it was a year. It was great. It helped me get settled in Atlanta and meet people and network and things. Right. But, by about six, seven months in, I kind of had that itch, like, uh, yeah. I don't know, this is not really what I do. Nice. <laughs> you know? um, and then I also worked at Operation Hope, which mm-hmm. for me was just an extension of my passion. Operation Hope is a global um, organization, nonprofit organization, which focuses on financial empowerment. Mm -hmm. So, actually, I was with them. I started as a volunteer, and then they asked me to come on full-time. So, I didn't really go into it looking for a job. I was volunteering. But don't you know, when you're using your gift and your passion, uh, things just kind of happen, and folks want to pay you consistently to do it. So, I ended up being uh, the first person they hired for their Hope Center uh, here in Atlanta, and I went all over metro Atlanta doing workshops and training people mm-hmm. on credit and money management, and I also personally counseled over 200
0: people. Wow. So now is that how you got into your speaking career, or how did, how did speaking blossom from that? Because part of, yeah. part of what I think people want to know when they listen to this podcast is, okay, what is it that I can learn from this and take away and actually go do? Exactly. So a lot of inspiration in your your younger ventures, although you're not that old. I mean, you know, starting your own thing in college and not really having a plan after college other than being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing, which is just amazing, because at your age, I was not thinking about that. It was just like, (laughs) okay, now what job can I go get? Yeah, I I got this hustle thing that's on the side. At some point in time, it's going to work out, but with absolutely no plan. So, I mean, it's just amazing that you just had the foresight to do all of that. Uh,
1: Thank you. I think it was a little crazy. Now that I'm a little older, I understand now what people were trying to tell me then. But at the time, like, I had blinders on. I couldn't see any of it. It's good. But, um. It's good you did. I know. I'm glad I did, actually. And if my kids grow up that way, you know, I'll probably, (laughs) I'd like to think that I would understand, but I'm not sure that I will. But anyhow, speaking. Yeah. Um. The speaking thing came about really more so in California. Again, I was teaching workshops and doing a lot of trainings just for churches, local churches, just trying to help them out. And it was also increased exposure for my business. Um, And then when I came to Atlanta, and just got involved with volunteering. It was not just at Operation Hope. I was going to um, the Boys and Girls Club if they had like a money program. I was doing stuff with Junior Achievement or um, Economic Empowerment Initiative. What I did when I first moved here was basically Google really, um, really personal finance nonprofit organizations. And I emailed and called all of these organizations and said, hey, this is my background. This is what I love to do. If you ever need a volunteer that can, you know, speak on personal finance or entrepreneurship or success principles or anything, let me know. I would love to do it. Um, and pretty much. I would say three out of the seven people that I reached out to took me up on the offer, Operation Hope being one, Mm -hmm. um, Economic Empowerment Initiative, and Junior Achievement. And that's really how I began to build my brand locally because I was just everywhere. I was that person. Like they could call like a volunteer dropped off or we need someone, you know, in the ninth hour. And I'd be like, okay, sure. Sure. And I would get up and do it. So I always tell people, even if you don't get to use your gift or your passion for your nine to five or whatever it is that, you know, you have to do professionally right now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't still work on your craft. You know, even if you have to perfect it through volunteering or giving it away, we right. still have to be constantly working on it. Um and so that helped me build my reputation here in Atlanta. I had gotten pretty known in L.A., you know, in certain circles for doing that. But I got here and I I knew no one. I
0: started from scratch. <laughs> oh, so you weren't, you're not originally from Atlanta?
1: No, I grew up in Los
0: Angeles. Oh, that's right. You know what you did. Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, I grew up in Los Angeles and I moved to Atlanta in 2009. Okay. And so um, for the last four years, it's just been about, especially that first year, You know, I believe that you are who you say you are, Mm -hmm. you know. So when I got here, I wasn't so um, held up on telling people all this stuff that I had done, you know, like, oh, I had done this and I was doing this and I was in this circle and that circle. It's like these are brand new people. It's time to just, you know, establish yourself here. And I thought the best way to do that was to give it away. And Mm -hmm. so. I spoke any and everywhere for a year, pretty much for free, and really built up my testimonials. That was one thing that I did up front. I would get people to give me testimonials
0: really how would you do that so I,
1: was, I would just ask them like i would I don't mind volunteering or I don't mind you know coming to speak for free. um all I ask is that I can use your logo to help promote, you know, my other, um, endeavors Mm -hmm. and that you would give me a two, three line testimonial or a recommendation letter on your letterhead. Um, and you know, it's like, if I'm speaking for free, the least you could do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) many people make that mistake, you know, I, and as a speaker and as, you know, having done that, I've made that Mm -hmm. mistake plenty of times of not asking for testimonials, In exchange for speaking for free. It's like, yeah, I don't mind coming and speaking to your organization, but it it never occurred to me until probably last year to start Mm -hmm. actually using that as a testimonial in the event that I didn't, I didn't have video because, you know, so often, you know, if you don't have video, you can't really prove that you spoke somewhere, but you can, if you have their stuff.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, too, if you're going by yourself, you know, you can't guarantee that you're going to get that great picture or, you know, any of those things. So that was my way of kind of just building, you know, kind of building the brag folder, as I call it, and just sticking things in there, sticking things in there. Um, and so we we talked about Book the Money Maven earlier. Mm-hmm. And so when when I was building that site, That was the foundation for where I started to pull things from. You know, I was like, okay, I've got these testimonials and all my recommendation letters. Um, But I did it for about a year. And after a year, I felt comfortable because I hadn't initially charged. It was always something I just did for free at churches or for exposure for another business. But it dawned on me in like 2009 that this is my new business. This is my, my new path. You know, I'm not going back to real estate, not saying that I'll never do it. Um, but I don't have any immediate intentions of doing it. And so this was the new path for me. And it was like, okay, I I had to get, I had to put my 21 year old cap on and get in the trenches and say, okay, what did we do before? Mm. And let's just flip it, put a new spin on it. (laughs) And that's where we're going. And so that's what I've been doing the last three years or so.
0: That's sweet. So, that that leads me into another question, when you um, when you go from free to paid, mm-hmm. which is something that I think we all struggle with, especially if you're giving away good stuff. And I I noticed that I mean you did it just by I guess it's it's just built into you naturally that you gave a bunch of value up front, and that's how mm-hmm. you establish yourself. You volunteered, you gave of yourself, you just gave, 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 and you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's new book is out. Jab, 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 right hook. Giving, mm-hmm. you know, giving, giving, giving. Yeah. Do your acts. Yeah, well, you were doing that years before he wrote the book. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with that, how did how did you transition from, you know, I'll speak for free to your organization to um, it's going to cost you this much to have me speak. And then how did you go about pricing your message?
1: so what I really did was um just research and look at what other people in my space were charging mm-hmm. um, for similar services and then I just started putting really because I would um do consulting and things for other people what what was my time worth you know like and making sure that it made sense for my for my time mm-hmm. um, so I did it was like a simple equation where I thought about how much I would make consulting what that came down to an Hour um plus my gas, my dry cleaning. You know, <laughs> you know, I always step off fly burn so I my know. lashes. You know, all of these things right? <laughs> has to be included. And I just came up with the price, and you know, the best thing to see. I I kept raising my price based on the fact that people wouldn't balk at it. You know, I started it like saying, okay, two fifty. You know, for a forty-five minute talk. Right. And then it dawned on me, people would be like, okay. And I'm like, oh, this must be too low because I'm like, uh, not-
0: exactly, you know. exactly.
1: And then I went up to 500, mm-hmm. you know, and It was like, oh, OK, is there anything else need? And I'm like, oh, OK. So, <laughs> you know, like every six months um, for about two years, I just kept taking it up, like edging it up. Right. And then you have to realize in the meantime, I'm also building, you know, all of these testimonials, all of these people who are like, oh, my gosh, I love her. She was so great. She was so funny. So now it's at a point where you, people you couldn't even play me. <laughs> you just, you couldn't you couldn't play me for what you played before back in 2010. Right. You well, know, some people it's it's not backfire, but I have had people and those people gave me their, like my initial start here. Mm-hmm. If they ask me, then, you know, we'll, I'll work with them. Definitely. It's, it's probably not free unless it's like, you know, for kids or something, right. um, not college students, kids, little kids, yeah, exactly. um, so it's probably still not free, but, um, I work with those people who initially worked with me when nobody knew my name, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah, I just, I just kept raising it. <laughs> Every and especially every time, you know, it's like once I start writing the books,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I start getting more the television and radio presence, I just felt like well, my credibility is being established more and more. So that that should say something. Exactly. I look on speakers bureaus all the time, you know, and I'm seeing people charge twenty five thousand mm. dollars. You know, and I'm like, well, heck, I could get it somewhere. <laughs> I'm not gonna be scared. <laughs> I'm not gonna be scared to do it, but I'm also reasonable and I work mm-hmm. with people all the time,
0: so now you just recently had a book come out. What what's your what's your recent book that you just released? It was uh, like a month ago, right? No, it's
1: actually officially coming out January eighth.
0: Oh my god, I thought it was already out. Look though, no, it's right here. You know, I've been saying it for a bunch. <laughs> you know I what? It was out.
1: I know. So that's funny. So what we're creating, though, is more of like a demand and just awareness. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what happened, Vern. And this has been like such a process for me, right? Okay. With my first book, I think I shared this story with you before. With my first book, I got the book. I wrote the book, uh, self-published, got a copy in my hands. I actually have a copy here on my desk. So this was the book. got a copy in my hands. Right. Um, Real Money Answers College Life and Beyond and was so excited to get it on my doorstep. I literally was on my doorstep, took a picture, posted it to Facebook like, oh, my gosh, my book is here. No one even knew I was writing a book. Uh huh. That day, shares, 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 people liking it. They're like, how do I buy it? How do I buy it? I didn't even have it set up on my website because it was just my little draft. (laughs) So I had five of these books. And within 24 hours, I had over 200 orders. I had to call my web person and say, can you put a PayPal link and make a products page? I had no idea what was going on at all. Talk about
0: just,
1: out, like, you know, and, um, and so anyway, that's the book that got me into several colleges over the last Mm -hmm. year speaking. And now the schools will buy them in bulk, you know, so that that has worked out really well. But so with my new book, Real Money Answers for Every Woman, I've been a lot more strategic about it. So when you saw it at FinCon, I really just put them in the bookstore just to see mm-hmm. if anyone would look, what people would say, what, you know, feedback on the cover, because these are, I mean, that was my first time there. I really didn't know most of the bloggers that were there. So just to get an idea. And when well, you know, I think I brought six books and sold five. Yeah. At the And I was like, what? You know, super excited about that. Um, And so far, I've gotten really good feedback. So I've really only put it out there to bloggers, podcasters, radio show hosts. And that's kind of like my launch team Mm -hmm. that I'm building. And so I've been sharing the images, giving quotes from the book, you know, giving little snippets. I just shared a free download of the first chapter with my list Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and got some really great feedback from them. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 So um, and got some really great feedback from about mm, 20 or so women They were like, oh, my gosh, you know. So I'm really just um, just been putting it out there so that when I do launch and I have a pretty big interview coming up on the
0: 8th, it's a surprise, though. <laughs> oh, you're not going to tell us who it's going to be? I
1: can't tell you it's going to oh,
0: be. Man. You know, we like exclusives here. People tend to just give me information so is that what
1: people tend to
0: do it is so if you want to you know go along with the trend
1: (laughs) (laughs) well next wednesday okay burn your list only i haven't told this to
0: anyone well you know what i I tell you what i won't publish this until after next wednesday
1: okay cool So, or no, you, or, or I don't know, you could do it on Tuesday, but so your list, your list might be the first to know. Okay. So next Wednesday, my book will actually launch in the morning on the Steve Harvey morning show. Oh my God.
0: That is going to be huge.
1: Yes. That's eight to 10 million listeners. Yes. Morning. So I am very excited about that. And um, so this time I've been a lot more strategic. I've been a lot more thoughtful about the launch. I've put a lot more effort into it. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking to see, I mean, I feel like if I could post something on Facebook, all willy nilly with no plan, exactly. no, I, I had five books in my possession and sold 200 and something. And I didn't know anything about create space <laughs> and printing on demand. I, ha- I didn't even understand that um, at the time. So, I just I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That'll work. So well, you yeah. get the
1: exclusive.
0: Exclusive. I'm gonna have to bump somebody now and get this one out there. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm actually. I have somebody that's already recorded. We did the show last week. He's getting bumped, so <laughs> I am going to make so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I right. mean, okay. bump
1: anybody. No, that's all right. But it's gonna be great, and and I know we're friends on Facebook, so. Right. I will be posting and sharing and all of that, but I'm not really posting or telling anyone until Monday or Tuesday get them excited.
0: Yeah, I'll make sure to be listening so I can hear it when you're on the show. So are you actually going to be on the show? I am. Oh, wow.
1: I'm going to be on the show. I have an interview for about seven minutes in Uh the 8.45 a.m. Wow. Prime time, right? Yes. What a blessing. I'm so kidding. that's why we have to tell our kids when you intern, mm-hmm. you know, be the best you can be because you have no idea how to bless you.
0: Exactly. Years so, later.
1: And that's how I met him as an intern back in the day.
0: Right. I was going to say this relationship has been, you've been working on that for a while. And now that you've come full circle, you're, you're able amazing, to take advantage.
1: Too. It's amazing too. And you know what? I didn't ask.
0: Really? Okay. I didn't ask. How, how did and that feel? How good was that? It,
1: it. I mean, when I say crazy, it's just amazing because in my office here, I have this list, like my wish list, of just different shows that I want to do. I get to do a lot of radio shows and, mm-hmm. you know, do a lot of local and regional things. But I just have this list. And I'm one of those people where, you know, I guess it's the same as what you said, the give, give, give. You know, right. and then make the ask. But I still wasn't really ready to make the ask. You know, we're a lot more critical of ourselves sometimes. And I'm like, no, I need to have this and I need to be here and I need to be there. But, you know, one of the things that my um, grandma used to tell me is that there's always someone watching you who has the power to bless you.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: should always be on your best behavior, right? Exactly. Because there's always someone watching you, even when you're not watching them. And I think quietly, um, Steve has seen me do my first book and he saw the draft of my second book, saw the sample and has just seen me constantly just go for it. You know, when I, when I left his show, it was to start my real estate business. That was the only reason I left. And everyone said, Oh my gosh, why are you leaving? They love you. You could do this. You could do that. And I told him, I was like, sir, I just have to follow my gut. Like I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, that was 10 years ago. Right. From today. Then a couple years ago when I moved here to Atlanta and I worked for them again, I stayed 12 months and I was out and they were like, well, you could come back and you could do this and you could do that. And I'm like, you know what? My heart is really in personal finance education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would tease me like you are the most heart led. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart is in whose heart is in personal finance education. But seriously, it I mean, that's what makes me happy. And some people would be excited to be around these entertainers and celebrities and this and that. It doesn't do anything for me. It's just not what I was called to do. Right. And I've never been the type of person that would ask for anything. I've, I've always just gone, done my job as well as I could, and then left. Yeah. Um, you know, in a great position. And so when I got the email from his producer a couple of weeks ago, I was like, are you <laughs> I kidding bet. me?
0: I bet.
1: Yeah. So I'm very
0: grateful. No, that's amazing. And, it, you know, it just goes to show that when you tribute. And when you give of yourself without expecting anything back in return, that you actually get opportunities. Yeah. You know, it it never fails to amaze me that, you know, someone will contact me and say, hey, you know... I've been looking at this or I was listening to the podcast. And I'm like, you were listening to the podcast. What? <laughs> you mean more than a couple people listen to this thing? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's I see, awesome. I see the downloads, but it's, it's amazing when people come up to you and say, Hey, you know, something that you said impacted me and you have no idea that anybody was even listening to you. It's funny. I, um, I just recently did a, uh, a class. It was a communications class. And, it was just something for work and I was mm-hmm. talking to this guy that was there and he goes, you know, man, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, a few years ago you said to me, um, you were talking about date night and you and your wife having date night. And this was, yeah. this was like in 2000. And he goes, I listened to that, you know, cause I was, I hadn't, I hadn't, had not gotten married just yet. And we've made that a regular part of our relationship and I'm here to tell you that it's made a difference in us staying together. So I just wanted to thank you for that because I never got a chance. And I'm like, oh, my that's God. Awesome. I'm like, you going to make me cry sitting here in front of you telling me I've impacted your marriage. Yeah, that's big. In a room full of people that I had no idea that you were going to say that. And I'm like, wow, that just goes to show you never know how much people are listening to you and what you right. say and how much of an impact that you have. So that is a testimony to giving of yourself freely yeah, and, and really not expecting anything back in return. And I've, I've, I'm glad that that's come full circle for you. That is awesome.
1: Thank you. I used, my mom used to always say, so what did you get out of working there? I'm like, I don't know. I'm sure I'll get it one day. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It was not, I was totally not into entertainment. I fell into the position. I uh-huh. fell into an internship It was supposed to be 30 days and then it was supposed to be 90 days. And then I ended up on the show for two and a half years. Oh, wow. And it was like, what did you get out of that? I'm like, I don't know. Lifelong friends, I suppose. I have no idea.
0: No, (laughs) No. awesome. That is is Um, awesome.
1: So it's amazing to see it come full circle. It really is.
0: Now, a question for you. Mm -hmm. How did you decide to not get into the technical aspects of your business? And the actual, um, like with your websites and stuff like that, because a lot of people in your position, especially at your age, would decide that, you know what, I'm just going to do this myself because it'll save me money.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. So I focus on earning not as much on saving, I'm now obviously I'm a personal finance person, so I believe in saving. I do, um, but only to a certain extent. You know, at some point you have to realize what your weaknesses and strengths are. And I don't have any strengths in anything technical. The most <laughs> I do is work. This iPhone, iPad, and Mac, like I can do, you know, my thing a little, but trying to build a website, no, no, it it would be a waste of my time, which eventually would be a waste of my money. Mm -hmm. So I have always kind of been that way, but decided early on that I would um, find really good people um, to work on my team. Some people started out really well and ended off not so much, but, you know, you know how that goes. But um, I knew early on that that just wasn't the thing for me. It's it's not a strength of mine. You know, my strength comes more in um, um, writing content because, as you know, I write for magazines and other mm. websites. Um, so my strength is more in writing content and uploading it on somebody's blog. My right. strength is not in what are the what's the SEO the tags that listen. <laughs> I get the purpose. <laughs> I understand the purpose and I can give people words to use, but as far as who's going to go in and do something, it's not my strength. I would spend hours doing something that someone could do in 20 minutes.
0: Right. Why? You know, I, I heard recently on uh, somebody's podcast and I can't remember who it is. If I do, I'll put it in the show notes, but they were talking about the, um, the value of doing the things that come easy to you and you know, how, how much value. As a matter of fact, it was John Lee Dumas and his, his latest interview. I don't remember who it was, uh, the uh, entrepreneur on fire Mm -hmm. and one of the things that she did, um, she found this, well, she was talking to Danielle LaPorte and the, um, the advice was, you know, do what comes easiest to you. The things that come easiest to you are the things that are just perplexing and complicated for other people. Exactly. But if you're doing the things that come easy to you, you can't imagine how much value that you're going to be able to give to other people because they don't find it that easy.
1: Exactly. You know, what I learned a long time ago in the real estate business is my clients would always say, oh, my gosh, you made this so easy for me. Or, you know, I've never understood that I could, you know, budget this way and it could be so simple. I've always made it so hard or people have always made it so hard for me or I've never had someone break down this topic or this concept in the way you do. And I realized early on that I have a a unique gift. The fact that to me. I can tell a story and someone can get the principal and the story could be about the grocery store, right. you know, or something very random. I tell this very random story when I speak about peanut butter and I tell it, it it's, t- it's a story about my husband and I, but people in airports across this country will come up to us and call my husband peanut butter. That's okay. how much that story <laughs> sticks. And I have to tell you one day,
0: <laughs> All right, <so> did, <laughs> you wanna, did you want to, did you want to tell us now how long is the peanut butter story?
1: No, I can't. It's it's too good and it's too long. But, you know, I have the ability to come up with a story, an example that people can get and it'll stick. And so every time they're in that decision or in that place of having to make a choice about a want versus a need or, you know, is this mm-hmm. an investment or am I just wasting or spending money or different things? They can think of one thing that I've said and go, OK. This, you know, let me bring it back. And so that has been my gift. And I realized I need to focus on speaking, coaching and writing all this other stuff Mm -hmm. about how it gets out there to the masses. (laughs) I can't worry myself with that. I can just do what I can do and um, try to create the income, make sure I'm creating the income to invest back in having the right people help me.
0: Right. That's it. Yeah. You know, the funny thing about you that uh, I've noticed that I don't notice about a lot. What I notice about a lot of entrepreneurs, what they don't do is they don't have the actual income part in mind when they're running a mm-hmm. business. You you seem to always make sure that you're focused on, you know, how am I going to make this earn earn for me in addition to giving value? But yeah. You don't have a problem with just giving the value away, knowing that it's going to come back to you. And I, I just think that's a, that's amazing, especially at your age. A lot of people just don't get it.
1: You know what? So, a part of what I've created, one of the things I I'm launching in January as well, is the online version of my mindset and money masterclass, which is a class that um a workshop training that I've done live for a few years now and I've offered it as a webinar and teleseminar. And now it'll be like a, a interactive self-paced home study course, right? The first module is create wealthy habits. So, that's where I get this sense of giving from is that it's a wealthy habit. It's okay. There's, there's abundance in the universe. Like you don't have to worry that somebody's going to steal your stuff or have all these negative thoughts. I just, I choose not to kind of settle in that place. Right. Mm -hmm. But the second step is earn more money. And so that is next on it for me. A lot of people, when they talk about finances, um, they want to jump straight into, Oh, your credit, your budget, your savings. But for me it's really about earning more money first and foremost and using your gifts to do that. Um, So that's why I am, you know, as much as I love what I do, it's not a hobby. (laughs) Right. You know, I was volunteering because I knew that I needed to do that to meet people, network and build a brand in a new city. Mm -hmm. Um, It was never my intent to volunteer for the rest of my life. You know, it was to eventually turn it into a business. Um, So with that, I've always been thinking about the income part of it, and I've, I've tried different things, Vern, because, oh, you know, I see this happening, or I see people using this in their business, and I've tried it, and if it didn't make financial sense for me, I cut it. i do it for two, three months or something. I'm like, no, that's not working. Why would I keep tanking my own money, you know, while I'm supposed to be teaching other people how to manage their money? That doesn't make sense. Um, so. Earning more money is a big, a big part of what I do. That's why for 2014, I'm very focused on product creation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to focus on, I've written two long books (laughs) now, two books in about two years, less than two years. And I'm going to focus on doing some eBooks just to kind of expand the series as well. Um, But definitely product creation because it's all about creating, you know, passive income. And then also my husband and I believe in residual income. So,
0: right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. What um, when you when you talk about your goals for twenty fourteen mm-hmm. and, and actually earning more money, I was just jotting down a couple things here. When you when you look at product creation, what what do you think your your first thing is going to be? Have you planned out that far outside of the uh, outside of the website?
1: Yes, <laughs> I have. So, um, for twenty fourteen, like I said in. January, January, I'm launching the Mindset and Money Masterclass, mostly because, um, you know, I have a small child and I do desire to have another child at some point. And going to churches all over the place and traveling all the time is not always that conducive to family life. Mm-hmm. I, I adore being able to travel and go and meet and touch people. Um, but at the same time, it can't only be that. And then the webinar part, it was always, I had to be there. You know, I have to be, you know, my grandma passed earlier this year and I had 45 people in the middle of a class and it was like, uh, right. you know, I have to try to figure this out, even though mentally I'm not in that space and those type of things. So it was very important to me because this was my best selling workshop um, mm-hmm. or training to get this in a place where people can do it on their own. So that's um, January, right. uh, by May, I plan on launching another one called Bye Bye Debt. Okay. And Bye Bye Debt is just about that. It's all about, um, debt elimination and all the tools and resources to help people get there. It's a step-by-step course. It'll be three steps. Um, and then I'm thinking I'll also do real money answers, um, for student loan debt, because I see that as one of the next, you know, financial crises, right. a crises, um, um, kind of our of our time. I think when I was counseling at Operation Hope, out of the probably two hundred and fifty people plus that I counseled, I would easily say seventy percent of them had issues with student loan debt. Yeah. Easy. I, Easy. Oh, I, can, I can imagine. Yeah, very bad. And so I'm really thinking that I wanna write something that just addresses that as an ebook. Nothing nothing long, maybe sixty pages or so. Um, but about Once you get in it, what do you do? You got it now. So a lot of people want to tell us, well, what you should have done, you should have got this. Great, great information for my children. But what am I going to do today right now (laughs) is what I have. Because what I can't do is defer, 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 defer forever. Eventually, we're going to have to pay something or die. In which case, they may still harass your estate for. It so you know, yes, um, so I have a, a few ebook ideas for mm-hmm. some topics that I think are really pressing. Um, and then th- that's something also that eventually my long term goal is to turn Real Money Answers into um, a book franchise almost where other people can buy the name and get titles, you know, rights to whatever they oh, want to wow. book of. But my version will be Real Money Answers. Oh, wow. So, my- my goal over the next few years is to write enough titles to establish the brand and then bring in some co-authors mm-hmm. that have a, an expertise in areas that I'm not an expert in.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that is awesome. That's a uh, that's a nice plan for 2014. You're going to be busy yeah. next year.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know.
0: That is cool. But so I'm at, excited
1: about it. I love everything that I do.
0: Right. So now as we're coming up to approaching right at about 40... Five fifty minutes okay I wanted to see if you could give us like what is what's the one thing with your goal being earning more money next year what's the thing that you can give the the tip or the piece of advice the one actionable piece of content that people can walk away with and go you know what I can do that next year to earn more money
1: I think everyone should package up whatever their expertise is you know I think that everyone should have something some um Oh, my gosh, I'm losing the word for it or the terminology, but some 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 way of packaging up what, you know, and Mm -hmm. offering it to people. You know what I mean? And not just in the way of a free ebook, a quick download, but in the way of their own class, their own course, their own system, something they can consult their own proprietary system, proprietary system. That's what I want to say. Um, I think everybody who considers themselves some type of coach consultant expert in any field should have something Uh first you do this then you do this then you do this then you get the results
0: right
1: very simple and i don't care how many different ways it's been done it has if it hasn't been done by you, then all the ways have not been exhausted, right? Exactly. And so, a challenge that um, I have a lot when I'm coaching is that women will say, Oh, well, you know, someone's done that already. And I tell them, Well, Burger King didn't, you know, McDonald's didn't stop Burger King, mm-hmm. you know. And Chick-fil-A did not, whatever the other chicken burger spot is. out. You know what I mean? Like, we can all, all these things can coexist and find their own share in the marketplace. And the reality is, you know, sometimes, especially people in my family, they don't really understand what I do. You know, still, you know, I've been in magazines. Um, They see my picture in magazine articles probably 40 times in the last two years. And they're still like, so what do you do, though? I'm like, so the bio didn't make sense to you or, (laughs) you know, so... (laughs) um, But what, what I'll tell them all the time is they're like, well, you know, there's already Susie Orman or Michelle Singletary or Dave Ramsey. And I'm like, there are people out there who don't understand a lick of what those people are saying. They're all great people that I admire, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, there are a group of people out there that won't understand certain concepts until I tell them in the way that I tell them, you know what I'm saying? And We can't shy away from that or be ashamed of that. You know, you have a gift and you need to use it. If you're not going to use it, don't complain about not having money.
0: Yeah, that was a challenge with the podcast. Um, You know, and the podcast was not to directly make money. It was just to get the message out there. Mm -hmm. I found that, you know, it's like I'm talking to all these people individually and I can't talk to enough people individually to help them gain knowledge. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I want to be able to do is give people knowledge and not it just be a, Harry, let me pick your brain session. And now I've given all this information to this one person.
1: Who may or may not use it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And not helped anybody else. So that was one of the the challenges when I was doing the podcast. A couple people were like, well, there are already social media podcasts out there. I'm like, well, it's not just a social media podcast. It's social media business and networking. We cover all three because they're all three related. Mm-hmm. Well, aren't there podcasts out there to do that already? I'm like, I'm sure they are. But, but not by Burn Ross. Not by me. You're missing
1: the point. It's not with the secret sauce
0: that Burn <laughs> Ross brings to
1: the table.
0: I'm using that, the, by the yeah. way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not with the Burn Ross secret sauce, okay? It's not the same. I, it doesn't matter to me how many people are out here doing the same thing. The reality is that if I shy away from the gift that I was given, then I miss my blessing. Like, I miss my blessing. <laughs> Um, whether that's, you know, under knowing that I'm fulfilling my purpose or the blessing of knowing that I've helped someone else. And then I rob other people because I'm assuming that, you know, Joe Schmo and Jane Smith are going to give it to you the way that I can. That's not true.
0: Exactly.
1: It's, it's It's just not true. There are people who relate to us for whatever reason better than they relate to the next podcast mm-hmm. or the next author or the next coach whatever that reason is i don't know it's not my job to know it's not my job to force anything that's why i don't mind giving things away because i'm not a salesperson even in real estate as a broker and and my business made nearly seven figures within three years like that year my my third year in business i never sold anything i wasn't a salesperson i genuinely wanted to see people do better And they could tell that I was authentic. I'm not pushing any products on you. If I don't like a product for you, I'm going to tell you, you know, even my coaching clients, I would tell them all the time, like, I'm not here to be your best friend. I'm not here to sell you with a dream. You're going to do work. You know, Um, you're not going to like me all the time. And that's fine. You'll learn to love me later. And I'm good with all of that. And I would tell them, you know, if this relationship doesn't work or if you're not ready to do the work, I'm not going to just take your money every month either. Mm mm-hmm. I, I want to create a space for people to actually make change. So I'm not in this to just take money. But I understand that earning money comes with the territory when you're sincere and when you're doing what you love. That's what I believe. Right. Um, so, again, it's not a hobby. Exactly. I'm going to make my money, but always um, in the most ethical and authentic way possible.
0: Right. Which, which usually if you approach it from that standpoint, it makes it a whole lot easier to accept payment and to be comfortable with asking for payment. Yeah. Which I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with because they want to be in business so bad and they want something to sell so bad because they want that income that they're willing to sell or push or promote just about anything. Yeah. And then they feel bad about asking for money because they don't feel that like it actually has enough value. So
1: it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I've been very careful about uh, who I align myself with. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, And you'll notice that I don't I don't I do things with other entrepreneurs and stuff, but not until I've done due diligence to make sure that they're not that that jerky type of like money. You know, I don't want to be aligned with anything like that. And then I've also had different financial products that have wanted me to write sponsor posts or do different things. And I'm like, no,
0: I'm not
1: able to I'm not going to be able to do that. You know, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. And they offered me some good paint, some good change now. It yeah, was good. I bet. You know, to do a couple of things and I'm like, but does this really benefit my reader? You know, mm. I don't want to spin it in a way where they, they're they basically taking advantage of. That's not worth it to me. Right. So I'd rather wait it out and keep doing what I'm doing and know that I'm going to get really good products and brands that I really do believe in and, you know, move forward from there. So.
0: Well, very cool. I think we'll end it on that note because that is a very positive thing to end it on. (laughs) I really do appreciate you coming on to the uh, podcast and sharing your knowledge with me. That hour went by really, really, really quickly. It It did. I had fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, there's so much stuff else that I want to talk about.
1: <laughs> we'll I have to come back. So after I do this whole launch with this book that you thought was already out.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, right?
1: I'll have to let you know how all of that marketing, all the stuff I did and how it turned out.
0: Definitely. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that one and, and, and do another one with the actual book launch and review. Cause yeah. I'm definitely gonna be one of the ones to uh have your book when it launches.
1: Thank you. Is there
0: a pre order page that we can link to? There-
1: there's not a pre-order page. Amazon wouldn't hook me up. Oh uh, man, I, I tried. I
0: tried. Oh, well, I tried. That, that, that's okay. That's okay. Next I'll make time. sure. We'll le- we'll link charm. to it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Patrice, thanks a lot. I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Vern. Okay, so you guys got some pretty awesome business advice. I'm pretty sure you were not expecting that, but if you are a speaker. Or if you're looking to build your business, we got really solid advice from Patrice about exactly how to go about it, exactly what to do. Uh, You know, if you look at her speaking career and you look at the fact that she, you know, was speaking basically for free for a while before she started charging fees. And then she just incrementally charged more. And it doesn't sound like a very complicated thing, but when I talk to people, you know, I often get this, well, you know, I don't know how much to charge for speaking for this or for speaking for that. And I've even struggled with it, with, you know, well, what do I charge? When You know, just what I was saying. And you have to charge more. You, you look around and you Google what other people are doing, and you can copy that as long as you're delivering value. But I think the important thing that we can gather from what it is that Patrice said was she's passionate about, her craft and she would speak about her craft and counsel people about her craft and got good at giving that advice. So why not speak to people about giving that advice? It is just, she's an awesome example. As you guys can tell, I am really super excited and pumped. I just re listened to the interview because of course we did this like right before her book launched just a couple days ago. So I hadn't had a chance to listen to the radio segment. And right before I record, these intros and outros, they're not always done on the day of the interview, I always listen back to the interview, and I'm just pumped and excited about it, and it's just like I had the conversation all over again, so I really do hope you guys enjoyed that, it was fun for me, Uh, Patrice is a good friend, and of course now an accountability manager, because she's going to be looking at me for doing some stuff that I should be doing, and I I don't recall right this moment if that was in the, uh, if that was in the podcast, but I think it was, so She's just an awesome person, and I hope you guys go out to RealMoneyAnswers.com. Check it out. Get a couple of her books. Give one to somebody you know. I'm sure they can use a good book on sound money advice without a doubt. So, hey, guys, I wanted to make sure you take it easy. I'll be seeing you guys in the next episode. Not a lot of announcements. Just want to go ahead and get out of here, and definitely make sure you check out the show notes on this one. There's some links there for you to check out. The interview with Patrice is there the video of her and I doing this interview is probably going to be going up soon, but I'm doing some stuff to that and some video editing that I couldn't get out that quickly. So make sure you enjoy. And I'm looking forward to you guys listening to the next episode with Joseph Michael. And before I go, please make sure to go out to iTunes, rate review and subscribe to this podcast. We're really trying to get up there in the what's hot rankings. Now we're out of new and noteworthy. We're no longer new, but we're still very noteworthy. So Definitely go out there, leave us a review on iTunes, and for Team Android, if you are not on iTunes, or you don't have an an Apple product, I have a few Apple products, but not an iPhone, go out to Stitcher, and rate and review us, and listen to the show, and add it to your playlist. It's important that you add things to your playlist so that we come up in the Stitcher rankings. Right now, guys, because of your support on Stitcher, we are number 38 in business as of this recording. That's in all of Stitcher and all the podcasts in Stitcher. We're number 38 in business. I'm actually above Mixergy right now, which is blowing my mind. And a couple other podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis and have been listening to for a very long time. So I do appreciate the support and the mem- momentum. Let's get iTunes up there. I want to see, see, see the show for you guys high up there in the rankings so that you guys can get even better guests and more content. And uh, I'm just pumped, as you can tell. So anyway, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in, and I will talk to you in the next episode.